and welcome to the Hope Happens Here podcast. I'm Kate Gosney Hoffman, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about going back to school, what education and parenting looks like during COVID-19. It's caused an upheaval in the rhythm of life, especially when it comes to our community standard of education. For many, they were pulled abruptly from the classroom setting in March and now may just be returning to physical schooling. But that schooling won't look the same. There's masks and social distancing requirements, smaller cohorts, alternate scheduling, and online and Zoom classes, among so many other changes. Without a doubt, these changes have had adverse effects on the mental health of our youth population. And parents have been placed into the new role of teacher, trying to oversee their children's education while also maintaining their household and professional duties. It's a lot. These added responsibilities, along with the general challenges of the pandemic, have created skyrocketing rates of anxiety and depression. So this podcast will explore the challenges that our youth population faced in regards to education and mental health during the height of the pandemic, as well as the challenges they may now be facing as they transition into what school looks like for them now. It will also discuss the ways in which parents have been impacted by the changes in the educational model, their experiences, and how they are coping. We also hope to provide resources and support for you through this time. Today, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Adela Cruz, LCSW PPSC, from Anaheim Union School District. Dr. Cruz oversees the development, implementation, and improvement of the district's mental health program, their McKinney-Vento Homeless Program, their Foster Youth Program, and Internship Training Institution. She also serves as the Crisis Response Lead and supervises the district's licensed clinical social workers who provide mental health services to the district's 20 school sites. Additionally, she is a parent of two boys. This is Adela. Hi, Adela. This is Kate from the Hope Happens Here podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. I'm so glad that you agreed to do this. Thank you so much. Course. Well, thank you so much for being here. Dr. Adela Cruz is from Anaheim Union High School District, and she is a licensed clinical social worker as well as a PPSC, which I looked that up and it's a pupil personnel services credential. Is that correct? Is that the right designation? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about what you do for the school district? Right. So I'm, I'm currently the coordinator for school mental health. Okay. I'm also the district's foster youth liaison um, and the McKinney Dental Homeless Assistance uh, liaison as well. So I, my, my role is to, my, my role is really to design, implement, and monitor and, and support sustainability and, you know, things related to mental health services to students, things like crisis response and right now like telehealth services to really build systems for our foster youth and support for our foster youth to ensure their success and their well-being. Um, similarly with our homeless youth, you know, to build systems in place to support their, their academic uh, progress, their well-being and support with any issues related to homelessness and basic needs. So it's really, you know, really building those programs, supporting those programs and sustainability. I oversee um, 17 uh, social workers, a couple of other staff, support staff that I have under my my supervision. So we service 19 schools um, and whatever the child needs um, in the moment, um, we, we are there to respond to that need. How long have you been with the school district? Well, that's a great question. I started, this is my 11th year. Wow. And um, I was, it, it was, it was, you know, and I just did a presentation last night at the board and 
talking about where we are and the services that we have. When I started, I was the only social worker in the district, and you know, folks didn't really know what what do, what do social workers do, and what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of, you know, I was pretty proud to say that ten years ago, I could never envision. I knew what I wanted, but I could never envision just the systems that we now have in place where. I can say that we have successfully merged behavioral health care with the educational system, and we have something that's very sustainable. And and what I tell my team, our, our job is to become part of the psych DNA, where, where they really can't see a day without our services and, and really understand what we bring to the table as, as mental health professionals in school. So, so we, we, you know, we've come a long way. This is my 11th year. I, I, I say that if I had to retire right now, I'd be happy because the programs would go on without me, which is what our goal is when yeah. when, when we are building programs. So, yeah. Wow, Adela, what an amazing accomplishment to, I love the way that you said that you've created this sort of this harmonious relationship between the education and the behavioral health, which is, I mean, how beautiful is that? And that's the way it should yeah. be, right? Because they're so inter- right. interconnected. And wow, so you have built this system from the ground up. So you have to feel, you know, very proud of where you've seen the trajectory go. And I'm sure, you know, um, thinking about the last 11 years. And then I I can only imagine what this year has been like for you. I mean, because you're, you're responsible for putting all these systems in place. What has your role been with regards to all of the transitions with COVID, have you been involved in sort of shifting the dynamics and making this all work? What have you been involved yes. with? Yes, I, I do have to say, you know, the work the work that I do, somebody like me coming into the educational system, I do have to say that leadership and timing matters for the work that we do. If if, if my leadership, with our board members, the superintendent and, you know, assistants, they were not on board with anything that I do, it would be much more difficult for me to build this. So I have to make sure that I always give them credit for for really supporting me and, and just telling me yes and trusting that you know, we know what you're doing, Adela. So, yes, go ahead and, go ahead and do it. <laughs> absolutely. That's absolutely important. You know, and, and in transitioning, I, I have to say that every single person and within the educational system, every group played a role in the mm-hmm. smoothness of how we transitioned. We, in our program, we quickly started a telehealth program, something that school districts across the country most likely did not have because we, 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 we meet the kids and, you know, we pull them out of the classroom and we see them in person. Yeah. So everybody struggled with that. We quickly moved to that, to that um, survey. So, what what I have to do on my end is develop some training protocols, some some safety protocols on how we're going to deliver, um, and who was going to deliver these services. So it was a, we moved pretty fast, and within a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks, we were able to transition and and begin to connect with kids virtually. That's and that incredible. Was, that was true. That was true with our school counselors. It was true with our school psychologists and other groups, our teachers. So, you know, we moved on it. We were not stuck and like, oh, my God, what's happening around us? We were like, what do we need to do in the moment to make sure that we're still connected with students? And, you know, I reached reach out to our community partners, our agencies, and, and asked, you know, uh, how many of you are still doing in person? How many of you are virtual? What do we do? What's the protocol? So I have to say that, you know, collectively, I think, you know, within education and with mental health, without maybe not even realizing just all jumped jumped in on it and just did what we could with what we had 
um, to connect with students. So, yeah. Wow. What a testament to, you know, the dedication that you and the rest of the faculty have towards your students, right? And, the, and to make sure that you maintain an, inte- you know, integrity in your education. And you, I mean, this was an all hands on deck situation to say the least, right? It um, was, and, yeah. it was all, and everybody, everybody did their part. But the beauty of it is that everybody, like myself, was dealing with what was happening in the community. So we were all, you know, in our homes and and managing our our, our private lives. Yeah, you know, and then building that workspace. Right. <laughs> some people, some people may not have had right. So so yeah. at the same time that we were all doing that we were working towards making sure that we were servicing our children, our kids and our students. Wow. I really, I mean, I'm so amazed even just by what you've said already, the telehealth, I mean, getting that in place because already it sounds like you already had the, the mental health needs of these kids in mind, right? Just knowing and anticipating that this was going to be a difficult transition. And so you had, you know, support in place for them um, already. So that's fantastic. This all started probably back in uh, March, right? Was when this all, was that when all the shifts started happening yes. within the educational system for you guys about March? Yeah, <laughs> it was in March. I think it was March 16th when we, we both of us in a leadership meeting had a meeting and we were told this is happening today. Oh boy. We called it, we called an emergency meeting with all the social workers, counselors, and psychologists. Like I called an emergency meeting and I said, this is what we're doing. We're going to move to telehealth services. Okay. We're having another meeting next week. We're gonna we're gonna move on this fast. So get ready. This is coming. Gosh. <laughs> so within that same day, we we just we made a decision called emergency meetings, and said, this is what we're doing. I know you guys have to deal with the, with you know we all have to deal with our own lives, but we need to keep moving. So we're we're gonna transition. Doing whatever yeah. we can do to stay afloat to make sure that we right. still serve our kids and, you know, keep our families afloat. I mean, this has just been, I mean, there are really not any words for probably what this year has been like for so many um, when it comes to juggling all of this, right? It, it, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's been both, it's been both, um, you know, when you reflect on, on the growth and you, you go back to the to the moment when we're, we're thinking about, oh my God, we're shutting down. It's never happened to, you know, in our history, <laughs> the perspective. The perspective is like in our history, this has never happened. Yes. So uncharted the, the territory. It is, yeah, it is totally for everybody. And and the beauty of it is is how do we as human beings move or navigate through adversity? Because it's not necessarily overcoming. You're going through the process mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. So you're you're really navigating through adversity. And and how do you continue to navigate through adversity mm-hmm. and 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 stay positive with all the challenges that are coming at you? And, and how do we connect with those folks that are having a really hard time? And how do we keep those folks that are doing well motivated, right? Right. So, and so that because if, if, if the adults in the system are not doing well and we're not connecting with those that need to help, then our children are not going to be, their needs are not going to be met. So uh, there's a lot of learning. Everybody yeah. has grown. Every single person has yeah. grown from this. There's no one person that has not grown. Even if, it, even, even if you learn how to facilitate a meeting through Zoom. <laughs> totally. But, but, but everybody has grown in some way, and there's a lot of things that are not going to go away that we're going to adopt. Like telehealth services, that's not going away for us. Mm. We're just going to leverage it. Right. So, yeah. Which is Absolutely. kind of a beautiful thing in the end, right? Now you have this other tool that you can offer. I mean, it was created out of crisis, but it will definitely serve its purpose ongoing. 
Um, right, and, right. And, and I think that's how organizations succeed. When, when, yes. when, when times and adversity, you're either going to fall or you're going to move forward and you're going to grow from it. Right. So, you know, I, I think that for districts, it's been a testament of how we, we, we are going to continue doing our best to, and I, and I would, and I, and I and I will speak for other districts if I may with 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 their permission and say that everybody is trying their very best to grow and continue um, serving our kids. And I I believe that wholeheartedly that you know everybody's everybody is stretching as much as they possibly can in ways that they probably didn't even know that they could right <laughs> to try to right. make this all work. And you know, yeah. boy, what I mean, you being. Uh, a mental health professional and sort of looking through the lens of behavioral health, right? I mean, if there was ever something to, to really look through the lens of behavioral health, this would be it. I mean, just when you're talking about connection right. and maintaining some sense of normalcy and some sense of, um, you know, connection still between the students and the teachers and, and, and not letting them down in that way, but also having to adapt to this entirely new situation, which you mentioned has never happened before. I mean, right. just it's, there's just so much to unpack there. And, um, you know, that's why I'm so glad to be talking to you because I think your perspective is so important. And, you know, so I'm curious what you've noticed in terms of you know, the OC students and their families? I mean, how, how, in your opinion, have they been coping with this transition? And I'm sure, yeah. you know, just a little uh, caveat there. I'm, I mean, I'm sure that has evolved month to month to month, right? It hasn't, you know, been the same, you know, in March compared to how it is now. But I'm just curious right. what that, that trajectory has looked mm-hmm. like. You know, that's a great question. And, you know, when I, when I talk to folks and help them understand what our what what this generation is going through i i tell them that this is their 9-11 just to put things in perspective yes um that that it is their 9-11 um and and the problem with this is that it doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon right um you know and, and usually when 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 anyone suffers some kind of traumatic event you want to return to normalcy as quickly as possible True. But right now, that's not possible. And I'm not going to go into the politics of the, com- the national conversations, but but it, it, it breaches them in terms of what leadership and what's happening in, in that national level, right? right, in terms of what's happening. So what we're seeing is that you have differences of opinion, and that sometimes impacts the child. Mm. You have um, different uh, perspectives in terms of what, 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 should, what schools should be doing. And that affects the child. Yeah. Um, you have the the loss and that that everybody's experiencing. There's layers and layers to loss. Yes. So you you're losing, you know, developmentally that 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 need to connect with their peers, which is in their DNA at this age. And you know the loss in terms of the death that yes. they're they're seeing, yeah. the loss of the way that we as a society respond to death and and the rituals that we go through, right? The, right. the grieving process that is not the same that we're not able to grieve and mourn our loved ones the way we traditionally do. So you have the the economic impact, the fear of oh my god, my grandma's going to get sick if I do something. So there's layers and layers to what our families are dealing with. And within those layers, you have you have children and families who are very resilient, that are doing well, that are adapting well, mm-hmm. um, that they're taking this and they're doing very, very well virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's kids who are having a more difficult time. I'll tell you that this this 
this whole experience in, in, in our history has really brought to everyone's attention with the educational system the issue of equity. And, and you know, the, the children that, that are in our classrooms who really did not have access to Internet or computers, this is around the country. Right. You know, and, and where we as a district thought we were doing our best in connecting children to the Internet and giving them access, the number of kids that, that are coming up for, for every, and, and talking to my colleagues in other districts is just the same. Mm-hmm. So there, there's layers and layers of things that our children are dealing with by now that we're asking them to, to navigate. At the same time, still do your work, still go, still come to school. So the, the resiliency that our children are demonstrating right now is, I, I think it's inspiring sometimes and you know, motivational for us to keep going. The kids that keep, keep coming to class, we, we, we need to keep going as well. That is such a beautiful point and so beautifully said um, about the loss and just sort of the layers that, you know, that are involved in what these children are going through, these kids of all ages, right? Um, small, right. all the way up to seniors in high school. I mean, it's it's a lot of, I mean... As a mental health professional myself, I've been very concerned about, like you said, um, so wonderfully you said that the, the, the connection is, is part of their developmental DNA, right? We need that connection to thrive and to grow and to learn and to, you know, healthily attach, right? And all those things and learn social norms and all those developmental milestones. And, you know, it's been interrupted in a lot of ways, or maybe it just looks different than what we're used to, Right. Um, but you know, it's something that I've been concerned about, you know, if we don't kind of keep this in mind, um, what will the consequences of that be? And so that's why when you said the telehealth, you know, when you put that into place, oh, what a wonderful, you know, way to just sort of help support them through that, um, you know, is, you know, what else have you seen in terms of, I mean, have you seen any negative repercussions about that or have you mostly seen, um, more of the resiliency you're talking about. I mean, what would you say is the general tone? I, I, yeah, I think I think it's both. I think we don't want to, you know. I, I think we have to see through the lens of general human behavior. Yeah. I think human beings are are resilient as much as they can be, and yeah. you know, um, I think that you know you have children who have already risk factors. They have minimal mental illness or, or minimal mental health. Right. Um, and those kids, those kids are at more risk, and we're seeing that they're becoming less and less motivated to mm. be, you know. And, I, and I'm calling it when I talk to my team. I say, "Well, you, what you're describing is virtual fatigue. We're mm. all feeling virtual fatigue, wow. and it seems a little bit more exhausting to be in front of the computer all day as opposed to, you know, connecting with folks. We miss it. Everybody misses connecting with folks and sure. walking around campus and, hey, how you doing? Right, seeing yeah. our colleagues." So, yeah. so we're describing virtual fatigue. Our children are experiencing even more. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. and I talked to a, a group of, of a high achieving students last night and in, in, in one of the clubs that came in as a guest because they were talking about mental health. And these are students who, you know, going straight to a four-year university, but smarter than me. <laughs> and, and, and they're describing how, how tired they are of, of being online. They're still doing their work. They come to class. They know yeah. they have to do it, but they just really are tired of being online. Yeah. So, you know, and then you have other kids who are doing well and uh, they're, they're thriving and, you know, and you have kids who don't want to come back. So, again, you have you have different reactions to to what's happening as as in any traumatic event. 
True. You're going to have individuals respond to that event in different ways. Right. You know, of the small percentage of students that are not doing well, those are the students that concern us. But we have safety nets in place, and this is what I tell my team. You, you have to be, you have to tell yourself that you're doing what you can and you focus on the safety nets that we have, like the safety, res- the crisis response, right? All of our efforts in suicide prevention, all of our efforts to telehealth, we have the safety nets in place. We have systems in place where students are identified with, with, when we need to come in and support. So let's stay focused on that um, and, and know that there's different reactions to what's happening around us. Right, because there's just so many variances, you know, so many varying circumstances, backgrounds, and all these, you know, different things that come into play that will affect how somebody is, you know, going to respond and react to this and, you know, the level of support they have at home, uh, right, is a really big factor. I mean, that's the other thing is, is, I mean, I hate to use the word burden, but it is, you know, a burden on the parents in a way. It's, it's, It's those who aren't able to be home with them, right? Or haven't been able to stop being, you know, in the office or, or even if they are still working from home, having to juggle that, that's a whole nother ball game. And so, yeah. so what have you seen with regards to that? And even your, your own personal experience? I mean, how has this been for you having, I mean, I'm assuming you've been working from home and, and supporting your own children. How old are your kids? My daughter's 15, and my, my son uh, is 18. He graduated um, and, and get, didn't get to have the experience that every other senior has had so, you know, since the inception of public education. So, Wow. He just in the nick yeah. of time, right? <laughs> right, right. Wow. But your so, your daughter is 15. You said your daughter is 15? She's, she's, she's 16. 16, yeah. I'm sorry. And, 16, yeah. And so she's in the thick of it, right? She is. How has this been she for is, you, you know, guys? You know, my, my, and my, you know, again, my children are, are pretty healthy kids. You know, they have a really good mm-hmm. connection to their school community. And, you know, it, 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 it's been hard for them. It's yeah. been hard. They, they, they want to be with their friends. We try to, as much as possible, give them that opportunity where they're connecting with their friends, you know, and as long as they're safe and, and right. we let them, we let them connect. I let them connect as much as possible, but it's been, it's been hard. My son, you know, he didn't get to have those those rituals that all seniors, as all his classmates and all the seniors around the country, that didn't get to have it. So he had he had a moment. Hmm. He he had a moment. So and and now he's online. He he was looking forward to that on college on you know being on on campus, being in the dorm. He was accepted into NYU. Yeah. So he was really oh, really boy. really disappointed, really disappointed that he couldn't move as a freshman. You know, to NYU. So you know. Yeah. It speaks to the loss, right, yeah, and the layers exactly. of the loss that, that, that our children are experiencing, some more severe than others, but those are losses that our kids have to process, and my kids have to process, and they, they each had their moments where I had to come in and console them, and, you know, it's going to be okay, we're going to get through this, we're going to be fine, right? So, you know, moving them right along, and as a parent, you know, for for... For me, and I understand behavioral health like you, right? We understand, so it's easier for us a little bit to support our children. But it it, it is hard to to be at home, take care of your family, take care of the school, um, and, and, and depending on your role. I think that what 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 this um, time in our history has really highlighted is how all of these all of these systems are so interconnected and dependent on each other. Mm. You know, it, it, the fact that our children are in school, 
school and we feel so free to get up and go to work. <laughs> so true. We don't have to worry about it, yes. right? Yes. We, we don't have to worry about it. It's like, yeah, my kids are in school. I can go to work. I'm comfortable. You know, they yeah. eat They eat there. They're there. They have fun. Yep. You know, the child care piece. The, it, 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 just, it just brought everything to that awareness that, oh, my God, we really are so interconnected in society. All these different, yes. different, different um, systems intertwined and dependent on each other and when and when one system falls the other systems are affected so and i think that's the layer of the, of the stress the adults are feeling because they have to now navigate and perhaps be the one system that supports all of those things you know you have parents and you still have to be at work and taking care of their babies i don't know how they do it i i, I pray for them that's all i can do yeah, <laughs> the exactly. ones that have little kids yeah. Yeah. You know, I have small children. And um, so I, I have, you know, my, my colleagues and friends that have children your age, you know, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, how are you doing this with the, you know, the virtual learning and everything? And then they look at me and they say, no, we don't know how you're doing it with those little yeah. babies. <laughs> and so I think every chapter just has such a, its own challenges, right? But this, this whole situation um, with the pandemic has, has, created it you know it's up the ante in ways we could have never really ever anticipated and never imagined (laughs) right and as a mental like you were saying you know as a mental health professional you you like you're familiar with loss and you're familiar with the grieving process and what that's going to look like and you know how to better support your kids through this but even as much as we know it's still when you're in it and when it's your family and you're the one that's juggling all of it it's hard so my hat's off to you too Adela because I know that this has been probably just beyond challenging in so many ways thank you yeah, and I, and I think I, I, w- I would want to say, you know, because sometimes we, we want to be strong. <laughs> uh-huh. We want to present that strong persona. Yes. But I, I do have to say that I've had my days. I, I do have my days. So I have to come back every day in the morning. And, and and there's times when I have to push myself to be positive because I, too, have that virtual fatigue. I, I sure. too, miss, you know, connecting with my friends and my family and, and everybody else. I, too, have my fears. So it, it's a challenge that I can say a lot of us are feeling and trying to navigate and, you know, and how do you get up the next day in the morning and be positive for your team, especially if you're leading a team when your team right. is talking about their own fatigue and how concerned they are, that you have to be the one that sets the tone of, Hey guys, you need to keep moving forward. Focus on what you can do. Right. Focus on the safety. net. so, you know, it, it, again, I, I'm uh, as vulnerable as anybody else mm. next to me. And, you know, I think trying my best as anybody else next to me to just yeah. stay positive and keep moving forward. I think that's what, what we all have to do. And, and to know you're not alone. Right. And that's, I really appreciate what you just said, you know, with that vulnerability and just saying, Hey, this has been really, I'm, I'm, this is what I do for a living. I mean, we've been faced with, um, you know, a new challenge in many ways and we figured it out and we're here for the students and we're putting all these new protocols and new systems in place. And, and yet I still struggle. This is very hard. And I think just sort of normalizing that for all the parents out there is really, really important because I think so many people have just been in crisis mode for months and months and months. Right. And when we just slow down and we, sort of acknowledge what we've all been through and been able to navigate and what we've had to hold space for and have been able to hold space for, you know, for ourselves and for our kids and for our our jobs and all of that. I mean, it's monumental. It's a lot. It is. 
It is a lot. So, um, you know, I, yeah, you know, we're all human and just doing the best we can. And, you know, thank God for people like you and your team. And, you know, because putting those support systems in place, because there's, this has been, um, you know, I can imagine there's been an uptake in anxiety and depression in the kids. I mean, have you seen much of that? Yes, we, we have. We have seen more kids with anxiety, especially depression, right? Because they're isolating. A lot of kids are isolating. Yeah. So there's an increase. And, you know, mental illness, suicide rates were, were already on the rise. Right. You know, they, they have, in the past 10 years, they were already going up. So what this what this has done is really uncovered some of that that was already percolating, you mm. know, that we were just not aware of. So, so yes, it's going to rise. One of the things that we're bracing for is is the trauma, you know, that mm. that once we reopen, that's going to come back. Because when now, like you said, everybody's in crisis mode. So when the dust settles, mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be more of that 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 comes our way. Yeah, that's a really good point. Just sort of. Being prepared is really important, you know, once we kind of get out of crisis mode and we are now in sort of an an adjustment phase, a reorientation Mm -hmm. phase, we're probably going to see a lot more um, people in need of help um, for those reasons. And so that's, like you said, with the telehealth piece, that's why you're going to keep it. Sure. I mean, I can imagine that's part of the thinking there. Um, are there any, right. are there any other resources you're putting into place, or just making sure that you guys are well prepared with what you already have? Um, what are what, I, I think I think well, I'm part of several community meetings. I think that as a whole, our county has really stepped up in looking at the mental health system. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad to say that that there's movement around to make sure that that they're working with schools, that the behavioral health care field is working with schools more directly. That's a, nice. a, um, a change this year that I've seen. The conversation started last year. So we're, we're very strategic and partner with the community. So we don't, we never, we never assume that we can do it all ourselves. Right. We, we try to connect families st- strategically based on their need to community partners. Um, and they're very, very important. Because again, even though I have 17 clinicians, they cannot possibly serve all the students in the district is right. really, really hard. So right. we're very strategic with our partnership, cross-systems collaboration. We have several formal agreements, informal agreements as well, you know, and, and keep leveraging those community partners to service kids. And we oftentimes handhold families because navigating those systems is, is, is complicated is, is for, for a professional, let alone for somebody who doesn't understand them. Sure. So, so we do a lot of one handoffs. We make sure that they're linked and connected, not just giving them a number or a referral. Yeah, you know, the have, part of, uh, having that continuum of care, right? Um, and, right. And having that wraparound uh, sort of support. And that's something that you've already been working really hard at having even before all of this struck, right? You've already built a really good foundation around that. Uh, so thank goodness. Right. Yeah. right? That was yeah. already there. <laughs> um, good, already good, there. good work, Adela. <laughs> It's already there. Everybody, go work everybody. <laughs> so, well, you know, um, so that's that's a very important point that, you know, you, you can only do so much as a school and school district, right? And so having the community uh, partnership and relationships is, is so important. And that's really why we're here, too, having this conversation is to connect the community and, and to share different kinds of resources and, um, you know, what's available and just to to ensure that that connection is is first and foremost made known uh, because it is just so important, so easy to feel like you're in a silo 
and it's don't really know where to start, um, you know, at, with all this when it comes to mental health. Yeah, and that that point that you just raised about about informing uh, the community about that 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 is so important for school districts mm. um, and knowing who the, who are your community based providers. I mean, that's really important. Right. So anybody who who wants to help with youth mental health, you know, just reach out to your district. I mean, that that's crucial for for any school district. Um, to have an understanding who's out there that can help us. <laughs> so they can we're dealing with it every single day. So they can reach directly to their school district to find uh, resources for that, for well, mental yeah, health support? I mean, any, any, any community provider, you know, each district is different, and we mm-hmm. always have to look at costs and, mm-hmm. and services and liability, but that's a logical conversation to have with a, with a school district, right? What does your approval process look like? What is your funding, if any? Mm-hmm. You know, of, of course, you always look for free services, right? That's right. what we look for. Right. But, but, but I would encourage any provider, any community provider to reach out and have a conversation. How can we support you? How can we help you? I believe me that schools, and districts need the help. So, yeah. so even though even though I describe the system that we have in place, we still need help because it, there's so many kids and families in, in need. And and in today's and in, in our times, most families come to schools for help for anything. Right. It used to be that they used to go, you know, into, into you know directly to religious institutions, but there's been a shift where hmm. most families see their schools as that point of contact with most things that they need, whether it's food or issues of homelessness, um, basic needs, you know, mental health. So so we know who our kids are that need the help. We know who our families are. So it's very important work. Very important work. And you, you've, you're a hub of safety for so many of these kids. And for some kids, I can imagine where they feel maybe, maybe the safest or the most comfortable uh, for you know many different reasons, and and that's part of the loss, right? Uh, with all of this, is not being able to be there uh, and have that right. se- that sense of comfort in the same way. And even though you're doing everything possible you possibly can to preserve it, um, it's just not the same. Um, but you know, it's still a resource. It's still you know made up of a lot of people who care very much. Obviously, and speaking to you is evident. And so. What would you, if, if, if anything, is there anything that you would like the parents to know in terms of what they can do for support um, for themselves, for their families, any resources you want, to know, you want to share now or just in general, anything you would like them to know while we're talking or have basically what you just said, is that, is that mostly what they need to know? Well, I, I think that for parents, what I, what I tell parents is that you know, one, if, if you think that your child needs help to reach out to help and reach out to school districts, mm-hmm. even for, for a school district who does not have a comprehensive mental health system in place, then they they will connect you to community-based resources. And, and I know this because of what's happening right now in the community where behavioral health is really coming in and working with all of our school districts to build a support system. So... You know, parents oftentimes, and I tell parents, you know your child better than anybody. Right. No expert can come in and tell you that they know your child better than you. That's just not possible. Right. And, you know, if something concerns you, don't be afraid to ask for help. The worst thing that could happen is we talk to your child, we talk to you, and we say, you know what, this is normal adolescent behavior. 
this is what you can do. Or we're going to say, you know what, we, we need to connect you to some really important mental health services. Right. So reach out. And the, the other piece that I, that I often talk, sometimes tell parents is that, especially right now, we have to be very intentional in making sure that kids are connecting in healthy ways with with um, their friends or family members, even if it's via technology, that they're actually connecting. That they're not just navigating the web that they're, that they're not just navigating the different social um, media outlets that they have, that, they're, that there's intentionality behind it. They need that very much right now. Um, that, that those connections with caring adults and caring friends, that's very important. But, but if your child needs help if you, or if you think that they need help, if you're questioning, you know, go with your gut. Ask. Go with your gut. Um, and, and, yeah. 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 yeah, boy, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. You know, to just walk away from the screen, right, and and, and have some healthy connection, um, because like that that virtual fatigue you mentioned is just so real, and um, connection online is not the same as connection in person, is it? Right. So. Right. Is there anything that you would, I know I'm putting you on the spot, Adela, so thank you for being a good sport, but um, is there <laughs> is there anything that you would like the students in OC to know right now? Anything you would just like to make sure that they know or anything you'd like to tell them? I, I guess. I think that's a great that's a great question. Thank you for asking me. Sure. I, I, what I would tell the students is that, you know, to get involved, to, to be a voice for mental health, be, be mental health advocates. Mm. You know, your voice is so important for that school leader to hear, um, and it, it'll push. It pushes us to put things in place to support you. So, so be that mental health advocate. Um, if 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 you if you are interested in, we so need your voice mm. um, because then that, that again that that puts 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 us in a place to have conversations about. You know, we have the students that are telling us or asking us for these services. What what are we going to do? Um, your voice matters. Hmm. It matters in that advocacy piece. It matters in the services that you have on campus. If you know of a, of a friend who's hurting, tell somebody, especially right now. Tell an adult. Tell your teacher. Tell the yeah. principal. Tell somebody if you know of somebody that's hurting or if you're hurting. Tell somebody. And, and know that, that, that adults within the educational system you know, we may not say we care, but we care. And we're mm-hmm. we're constantly having conversations about how to make sure that you're doing okay. Um, so, wow. but but your voice is so important for that. Um, because if we don't know that you're hurting, then we don't know that you're hurting. Right. Um, and and the, the, the most important piece, and this is what I told the kids last night that I was meeting with, is that your voice is so important. Because what you're telling me, I can bring to my bosses and say, hey, I met with this great group of kids and this is what they're telling me that they want, that they need. Right. And they said, I heard it from their mouths. I know this for sure. I'm not just assuming. I'm not just guessing this would be the best for them. This is what they need. And I know it. Right. What a beautiful message. I have to say say that, that, you know, I'm, I'm... so inspired by this generation because they're so socially aware mm-hmm. and, and they want to do something. They want to act and do something. So just, just go with it. Don't be afraid. Just go with it. We love to talk to students all the time. We love to hear your voices. So if you have this desire and you just haven't acted on it, just, just do it. Um, and you'll find that you're going to, you'll see that you'll have a lot of support and people that want to hear your, your voice. 
I love that. And the message is, you know, you matter and be empowered in this, right? Adversity leads to, you know, some positive change. And, and, and maybe, maybe that is a, I was going to ask you, you know, has there been any unexpected positive things that have come out of this? And that sounds like one to me, definitely. Anything yes, kids, kids have coming up, and I get emails all the time, and they stepped up. They stepped up, and they they told us what they wanted. They mm-hmm. they they have. So, just do it. We're listening. We we hear you. <laughs> we hear you. Wow. Yeah, we do. Wow, Adela, you're just so incredible, and the work you're doing is so vital right now. And. On behalf of parents everywhere, thank you, you know, for, you know, supporting a team of people and and making sure that there are resources there for our kids and for the families. And it's just so critical. And um, so thank you so much for all that you do. Of course. Um, Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And, and, um, you know, 40 minutes has flown by, so I'm going to go ahead and just wrap it up and uh, is just kind of ask you just is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to to make sure is said before we we stop at all you, you know i always i always uh if i can plug in just reminder to everyone um always consider your schools if anybody's listening in terms of providing always always consider your schools as primary care settings for kids it's not just academics so you know support your local school with, with, you know, have conversations with your superintendent, with your board members. We are primary care settings. It, it's inevitable. And, and it's, it's where we can support our students and families the best because we have them with us every day right. for, for seven to eight hours. Yes. So support your schools. Talk to their leaders within the educational system and, and advocate for, for that. Thank you for that reminder. That is incredibly important. I appreciate hearing that yes. as well. So thank you. Thank you, Adela. I hope that you can take good care and find some space to relax this weekend. And Thank you, I will. <laughs> it's so nice talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.